everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Feature Flashback. This is the show where we, every week, take a look 10 years back at the films that came out this week. It's a sad day in the studio here. We're, <laughs> we're recording in a brand new studio, yes, aka oh, oh. Uh, my bedroom. So. <laughs> Very fancy new digs that we have here. Um, I will say, I wish you could be here. I wish you could see Jacob's room because <laughs> this is magnificent. He had to, we put where we have our laptop sitting on two folding tables mm-hmm. in the middle of his room and Jacob had to pull a pair of nunchucks off of his chair. He's like, oh, these were just making some noise. Let me, let me move these off. A little too much jingling and jangling from the chucks. <laughs> but yeah, now we're ready to rock. This, this battle station is fully operational. <laughs> uh, we're beating the quarters and we're manning the guns because this week. We're talking about battleship, baby. We are talking about <laughs> battleship. Oh, boy. I guess first, let's look at the weekend. This is the weekend of May 18th, 2012. Goodness gracious. Can you guess what number one was? Oh, uh, I think it was a hot little picture called The Avengers. It still was. <laughs> it's third weekend. Still number one. Uh, still doing $55 million. Can you guess what number two was? Battleship was guess how much twenty million opening. Oh, pretty close. Twenty five. Oh, okay. Yeah, twenty five million. You know, this is two weeks after the Avengers had two hundred million. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. And then number three, Tater. Oh, okay. Seventeen million. Not bad. That probably is its whole budget. Well, we can get into that. Or also, <laughs> it had a budget of sixty five million. The dictator? The dictator did. Hey, I mean, Gosh. filming in New York ain't cheap. Oh yeah. And then, do you want to guess what number four is? Um, I'm going to guess is Dark Shadows. Oh. It's second okay. weekend, it's I... already fallen to twelve million. Wow. And as we know, that's uh, it's uh, trying to make up a hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh my god, it's fallen. 12 million and that number five is a movie that also came out this weekend but that we are not talking about it's the wonderful film what to expect when you're expecting i kind of did want to talk about because it is kind of similar to think like a man and that it's a very stacked ensemble cast based on a book based on a self-help book yeah that one about like women going through pregnancy yeah that's what i that's the first thing i thought of so when you said movie i was like yeah it's a movie (laughs) um but you know we got some guy movies to talk yeah. about this, this week. This episode's for the fellas. Yeah, you bet it is. <laughs> What's your history with Battleship? Okay, so... Hop in the machine. I hop in the, hop in, hop in the way back machine. Hop in my DeLorean. Let's go back 10 years. Let's flash on back. <laughs> Battleship. I remember when it came out. I remember every. it was a big joke of everyone that based on a board game yeah and i remember everyone being like oh what's next monopoly um which i guess this is a tangent but me and some friends we were looking they had just listened to the think like a man episode uh-huh. and they were looking at tim story's career as you call oh. the american takashi Miike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he at least on letterbox he's currently listed as doing a monopoly movie starring kevin hart <laughs> his muse <laughs> Uh, but I do remember there was that kind of fear of like, oh, every that's gonna be Hollywood's next big thing. It's like you know they're re-releasing movies in 3D, uh-huh. and they're gonna make movies out of board games. 
Yeah, I remember uh, all that. So I remember that, so it was kind of a joke with that. But I remember being kind of excited. I kind of curious about it. I didn't see it in theaters, but and also it was kind of a joke that Rihanna was in it because it's like she's never acted before. Yeah. Um. So that I remember. I think I randomly bought the movie when I when it on DVD and watching it, and I remember liking it because uh-huh. a dumb twelve year old Transformer brain. Transformers <laughs> 3 was still the best movie ever, probably. Um, and so rewatching it now, it's not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it it's kind of stuck in my mind all these years as just such a such a fascinating failure <laughs> on yeah. the part of Hollywood. And our boy uh Taylor. Oh yeah, and Taylor Kitsch. What a horrible year he had. I know. This is only like two months after John Carter came yeah. out. And John Carter's great, I maintain. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> but I really like John Carter. And I'll say, I liked him in this movie. He's he's not the he's not the problem with this movie. Yeah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Although in my mind, I feel like because he was robbed of his career, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in my mind, both John Carter and this movie have Channing Tatum. In them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I look back, it's just Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of forgot Taylor Kitsch existed. But yeah, so Jacob, what's your history with this movie? <laughs> uh, this is another uh, another one that I just watched on TV with my dad one afternoon. Mm. And I think I felt pretty much the same way I feel now. I don't know how long after it came out I watched it. Not that long, I don't think. Um, but I felt the same way I feel now, which was that it has some good moments, but mainly... He's not so good. My <laughs> biggest problem, my like big takeaway from watching it this time, I watched it last night, um, was that like actually like for the first like 30 minutes, I was like, is this kind of good? <laughs> I was like, this is kind of kicking ass right now. Uh, and then the weird thing was when the aliens show up, the moment you think should be like kicking the movie into high gear was instead like... Um, I am bored. I do not care. Because <laughs> uh, I think they kind of just fight them for like an hour. And it's like not really learning anything new, doing anything new. And then I had, was ready to be like, well, bummer. Good first act. That's it. But then act three. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd be digging the third act. Is, uh, not to jump ahead for all of you battleship heads. <laughs> but um, there's a part where they... Uh, their ship is destroyed. Their destroyer is destroyed, mm-hmm. and by the aliens. Oh, there's aliens in this movie. Oh yeah, it's a battleship <laughs> movie based on the board game, and they're fighting aliens. Yeah, and who uh, for some reason have have ships. Have, yeah, have, I know that boats. was interesting. I I I liked that they didn't just have like UFOs. Like I feel like every mm-hmm. alien movie just has flying yeah uh, spaceships, but the, I liked that they had these weird like kind of skipper things. Like they were uh-huh. they would jump. Um, <laughs> like whales. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like those little bugs that run around on top of. Oh ponds. yeah, they they kind of resemble like fly fish. Oh yeah, and their uh, missiles. Oh my god! Did you notice? Did you and, well, what you saw? someone told me back in like 2012. <laughs> I remember my uh, English teacher. I think watched it and was like, uh, "I was like, what did you think?" And he said, uh, he mentioned the thing about the missiles, the torpedoes. Like, I have seen this movie because yeah, I said that I had I had a, I remember having it on DVD and I remember watching it 
a fair amount, or at least just skipping to the action scenes. Mm. But I never picked up on it. Yeah, I do remember watching it originally, and when the at a at a point in the movie when they're like, "How are we gonna beat these aliens?" and then they pull up the grid from yeah. the game, lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, that on this this watch through, I I was watching my roommate Blake. And um and he kept saying like he's like when is it gonna become battleship though? <laughs> and I was thinking like I don't think it does. And then the whole thing with the buoys happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, here we go, there we go, we've got battleship. So Jacob, what's your history with the bat battleship the board game? Um, not super exciting. I <laughs> would play it on occasion with my brother, um maybe against my cousins if they were in town. Uh, I think we had like a really raggedy, uh copy mine, or, uh, mine was two i yeah. always remember that the box on ours like one of the kind of flaps on the top was uh-huh. kind of like complete it was like mostly broken off but still just kind of hanging there yeah like it was like 90 percent off but just yeah. I, I think it's still like a little hung on everyone's got that one board game that yeah. the box is just a, a mangled ruin um <laughs> 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 Uh, I don't know. It was never one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. I honestly probably enjoy the like iPhone one you can yeah. play in text. The i whatever that's called. The game pigeon one. Yeah, but I like that one more than the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, didn't feel very strongly about it when I heard it was becoming a movie. Uh, I think the 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 introduction of aliens is probably a good call because otherwise, is I guess yeah, just then they a, would have to make it like. My thought is that they'd probably have to make like a World War Two movie, or yeah, some sort or like of Cold War or something, something like that. Because you have, I guess, if that's the one weird thing about like Top Gun is uh-huh. that it's like you have to have them fight somebody, uh-huh. and so it's like, okay, I guess at the end of that movie we we go to war, we go to war with Russia. <laughs> yeah, I actually just watched Top Gun the other day. Um, well, I it was kind of just on while I was doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, that also that still dawned on me where I was like, wait, what the hell's happening? Yeah. Why are, they, are there Russians now? Yeah. I'm really excited for Top Gun Maverick because I really hope they address. <laughs> Part of me when I I realized that would this take place in a post World War Three world? <laughs> that, oh, that um, because since the first one ends with that, are they gonna be like? Are they not gonna address that? Yeah, or they could be like it caused a you know international nightmare. Maybe that's why. Tom Cruise never, his career never quite took off. He's, in, he's such <laughs> we'll scandalous. Have to see. We'll have to yeah. see. I think they do mention in the trailer that it doesn't matter. This, this is not a Top Gun <laughs> episode. I'm excited for the second one. Though, yeah. Um, but yeah, I always, I like the game. Um, yeah, played it same, you know, with my family. Um, it was, it's very easy to cheat in that game. I oh, did yeah. have that idea. I was looking at, uh, on, online at target and seeing if i could hurry out and buy a copy of the board game and have a bit of us uh, playing battleship during this episode oh that would have been that, fun that would have been just for us <laughs> that would not have been for any any listener um but yeah that was my thing thinking about it this time of like okay you you're a company you decide we want to make battleship okay who do we who are we fighting okay don't we want this to sell internationally oh and yeah trans, and it's from hasbro uh who makes the game and they had done transformers which they just wrapped the third yeah transformers 3 had come out the year earlier and so that was i think people i think it was kind of up in the air on whether or not they were gonna do another um and so it makes sense like, oh we need a new big 
giant alien robot yeah fighting thing with that's super pro military (laughs) (laughs) yeah with the all the the veterans and everything oh my god this one respect to all the military out there but this one is so so (laughs) pro military so many sweeping shots of american flags and yeah kind of fetishistically (laughs) looking at at military equipment (laughs) i wonder if i i feel like they're all the veterans are like actually veterans I think I looked. I looked it up, and at least some of them were. Yeah, because I feel like they're not very good actors. Yeah, so they I, they're not like they feel like real people in the yeah. movie. So I was like, they probably just were like, "Hey, are you a veteran of Vietnam and want to be in a movie? Be in this battleship movie? Yeah, we'll be fighting aliens." <laughs> the character who has uh, the double amputee. Oh yeah, but like he was probably an actual soldier. He is. Yeah, I looked up, yeah. and also you know. He's he's not that bad in the movie. Yeah, he's really not. Yeah. Um, his role is weird. Yeah, that whole thing was. Well, I mean, we'll talk about. It. We'll get into the story. Okay, of yeah, Battleship. Yeah. I feel like if you haven't seen this movie, you're like, what? What yeah. amputee? The veterans? <laughs> <There's> aliens? <Yeah. laughs> um, so the movie starts. Yeah. A logo comes up. It says Universal 100th Anniversary. Yeah. That's on this movie forever. <laughs> <laughs> we come in on some news about. It's not NASA. It's not NASA. I don't think um, so. Yeah, it's not, because later they talk to NASA. Yeah, because, like, what do you mean NASA's on the line? Yeah. What seems like NASA, but it's not NASA. Mm-hmm. It's about astronomers. It's astronomers that, that have these satellites in Hawaii, which is a real thing. I did take astronomy in, in yeah. college, and there was a lot about, like, there's a lot of observatories they try and build in Hawaii, because it's, like, so remote from, uh-huh. from uh, light pollution got nice big peaks but they they have these three satellites that they shoot a big they all shoot big lasers yeah i was like that's definitely how transmissions work yeah when you send something into space it's a giant laser it's a giant laser that gets shot up to a satellite that is then going to beam out a a signal in one big in one big light shot on out to what do they call it planet g G. they say is you know they've discovered it's like perfectly hostile Fitable to life, mm-hmm. uh, similar similar to Earth, a Goldilocks then, planet. Yeah, and so they seem very chill about this. Like, yeah, let's just do it, and didn't think anything else about it. Uh-huh. Um, well, there's one guy who says oh, we yeah. meet him later, uh, a Cal Zapata, I believe, <laughs> who says uh, if they if aliens come here, it's gonna be like Columbus and the Indians. Only we're the Indians. <laughs> I'm really about- proud of that line. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. That he says Indians in the year 2012 yeah. and not Native American or American Indian. <laughs> but I, I bet they were just like, that ah, sounds better this way. Mm-hmm. But so we see that and a signal, signal reaches the alien planet. Cut to our, our boy Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. It's his birthday. <laughs> they live in Hawaii. He's at a bar with his brother. Played the by Northman. Al- played by the Northman, Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> and he's at they're at the bar. He's very drunk. Oh yeah. Taylor Kitch is kind of a deadbeat. What's his name? Hopper? Oh no, that's his uh that's his last name. Yeah, they're both Hopper. Taylor Kitch is um Alex Hopper, I think. Right. Dumb name. Uh, <laughs> but he sees a a, a smoking babe walks in yeah. the bar and he says, It's my birthday wish. I wanna impress her. I don't know why. Yeah. It's a weird... It's a very convoluted thing to just, like, 
get us into the movie. You said you liked the first act of this movie. Uh-huh. I'm the exact opposite. I hated the first act of this movie. I was like, I wish the whole movie was just uh, about <laughs> this, like, fuck up who has to go join the Navy to be better. Well, I mean, it is. Yeah. But, like, I was really compelled by this storyline of him <laughs> being an asshole. Because I felt like he was, you could tell he was an ass, but he was likable. He wasn't just an ass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, the like, there's a whole thing where uh, the girl, Sam, um, uh, really wants a chicken burrito. They keep saying chicken burrito. I just want a chicken burrito. Can you get me a chicken burrito? <laughs> and um, and he's like, I got you, family. <laughs> and he goes um across the street or whatever to a, a gas station, and it's closing. So then he breaks in, uh, and that's a pretty. I thought that was a funny scene. It's like it's all done. Cause that's another thing is I feel like the first act had a lot more like interesting, um, stylistic stuff like. Uh, for example, when he's breaking into the uh, convenience store, it's all <laughs> through pink... CCTV. Uh, but, and then they play the Pink Panther music. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like him sneaking in, and then it cuts to a new CCTV angle, and then he just falls out of the ceiling and like breaks a whole bunch of shit. And then he also climbs back through the ceiling and gets... And then he, on his way out, he gets tasered twice trying to get for the burrito. So I was like, this is compelling to me. I like all these shenanigans. And then his brother is like, this looks bad on me. Because her dad is Liam Neeson, the is admiral. Ad, is admiral Shane. Yeah, and he's he, my boss because Alexander Skarsgård is in the uh, army or the navy. He's and like you're a fuck up. You're gonna get your life together. You're that's it. You're joining the navy. Yeah. Cut to title battleship. Yeah, and then that was weird because I guess there's a time jump. Yes. But they don't say. I don't, I don't think they say like two yeah, years I later. Yeah, it's supposed to be close. Yeah, because he's like. High enough ranking that when the shit hits the fan, he becomes the commanding officer. Yeah, he's like third in line on his ship. Yeah, and uh, and he's been with now he's been with Sam for a while. Wants to marry her. Let, let's get let me get it to Taylor Kitsch's character. I did not like his character. I I like Taylor Kitsch. I think his character gets better as the movie goes because it stops focusing on on some of these qualities. But I feel like they re- everyone in this movie dress like you have so much potential. And yeah. You keep wasting it. Where, where is his potential coming from? He's just a guy who fucks up at every single turn. That's true. I guess it's because, like, that he does some smart things. Like, uh, what my like favorite break part... Like, breaking into the, bur- break <laughs> yeah. the convenience store drunk and fuck. <laughs> my favorite part is when um, uh, Liam Neeson is getting mad at him. Something, I don't remember what. And uh, he quotes... Uh, he starts quoting Homer. And then... Uh, uh, Hopper finishes the quote and says Homer sir or something like that and Liam Neeson's like it infuriates me that you know that <laughs> which I thought was funny like that he's like he's obviously not the stupidest guy he also cites the art of war later but he's just like he's not applying himself at all I guess also so circling back to kind of the beginning I don't know this first like the first scene with them felt very attached to me like the scene at the bar like there's a whole part where um and I was wondering if this is maybe Taylor Kitsch's fault. I, I won't blame him. But, because, uh, like, the line that she gives him, and she's like, he goes and says, like, who are you? And she says, I'm hungry. He looks there and says, that's not your name. Yeah, that was stupid. And I was like, maybe another, maybe there's some actor somewhere that could deliver that line. But it just comes across so stale. And yeah. that's how a lot of the dialogue. Yeah. I feel like it is weird too, cause um, 
uh, Jesse Plemons was in this. Yeah. Who's like a good actor and now does mostly like more indie stuff, I would say. And Game Night. And Jungle Cruise. Oh, God, he was <laughs> um, But, um, like, I could, like, see, like, a lot of his delivery was still, like, pretty good. He was a highlight for me. But it was just weird that he was in this movie. Yeah, this was, I guess, around the time that he was in Breaking Bad. So he oh, up in Breaking Bad. I didn't he's, know he was in Breaking Bad. He's only in the last season. Um, He's really good in it. I think he's in Fargo, too. Yeah, he is. Season two. Uh, yeah, the best he's... season. Also, with I think, is that also Kirsten Dunst in that? Power of the Dog reunion. Well, they're married, so. Really? You didn't know that they're married? This is blowing my mind yeah. right now. <laughs> Which is a big news story because they um, because they were husband and wife and they got Oscar both got Oscar nominations. Aww, Jesse Plemons for Peter Parker. Current <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Plemons for Peter Parker. Yeah, Plemons <laughs> would be a good uh, super villain. I feel like he could really fill out a spider suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see him play like a, you know, if they do Doc Ock again. Yeah, that could be cool. I could see him as. Yeah, I thought there was weirdly a lot of like recognizable faces in this, mm-hmm. like Rihanna, Rihanna for some reason. <laughs> um, I think this is a little bit before her stint in Home. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little before. I was trying to think of what other movie she's been in since. Cause I remember this was a big. I think been in. Well, she, she was, was in Ocean's Eight. Oh yeah, she was one of the ensemble. That. She played I remember, Eight Ball. <laughs> I remember her being uh, not bad in that one. Like, yeah, that movie's not bad actually. Um, and she's in, it's not, I don't think it's a movie. I think it's like 45 minutes long, but she's in, I think that something with a uh, Charles Gambino. Oh yeah. Guava Island. Yeah. She's good in that. I, like I was going to call it Mango Beach. <laughs> close, close. <laughs> oh yeah. I did have a, cause Liam Neeson shows up in this. I, my theory is that he was on this movie for max a week and a half. Oh yeah. Cause his scenes are so simple. Uh-huh. He could have shot this thing. They could have shot this thing out in like four days. If yeah. Would. And he's all in, like, like you could, like, you, all the locations he shows up in, you could definitely do, they're, like, a 10-minute drive from each other. Yeah. That. <laughs> and I was laughing, though, because was, this was obviously, like, this is after, this is post-taken. Like, he started, he's starting to be in, like, action movies and stuff, so it makes sense of, like, okay, get your older, kind of cooler actor to be there for this part. I was laughing though because Liam Neeson's a United States admiral. Yeah, he's Irish. He's I know he still has a little bit of that accent. Oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like, ah, I'll send another plane up when you get in the co-pilot seat. <laughs> I'm from Kansas. <laughs> Maybe he joined the army for his citizenship. Yeah, an immigrant. Um, his daughter though, no accent. Yeah, no, she's fine. Um, oh yeah. So then we do the time jump. We're playing. The, it's a kind of like an intramural game it's some big like competition yeah. that the i guess the navy has with, like the world's navies uh-huh. and they're playing against japan the rim pack cup they call yeah. it uh there is a really weird part i don't want to bring it <laughs> well i will say i liked that the japanese showed up because they're the the main japanese guy nagata <laughs> was taranobu asano I is what, what else is he in he looked familiar He's in a lot of stuff, actually. Like, he's uh, he's Thor's friend. Oh, he is? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize that. Who, because uh, I think one he of the has, like, a beard three. and, like, weird yeah. hair. And he dies in two seconds in Ragnarok. Yeah. He, he is the only one who gets, like, slightly more of a, a fight scene. Yeah. To die in. Um, 
which even though I don't particularly care for the first two Thor movies, I do feel bad for his friends who are killed mercilessly in Ragnarok. Um, but he also, I always find a way to circle back. He's a Takashi Miike alum because <laughs> he was Ichi the Killer. Oh, he was. Mm-hmm. He actually, I liked him in this movie. Yeah, oh, I always think he's he's fun and stuff. Yeah. I do remember, because I remember him being in the movie and there being kind of a rivalry between him and uh, Hopper. Uh, but I didn't realize that he was an actual, like, member of the Japanese Navy. Mm-hmm. So I was a little confused on, like, what exactly his ship is doing there. Yeah. Like, what? why is his ship with them I think when they're attacked? Because they're doing... I don't know why it's America and Japan, but they're yeah. doing some kind of, like... Uh, Thing where other countries come and do naval exercises with America, but it's like it definitely feels like a thing just to sell in the movie to Japan. Yeah. Um, which uh, but that was weird that it was happening at all. But um, he did come in clutch with his buoy technique. Oh yeah, he did. Which brings <laughs> up the the grit. Although they do when he because when he suggests bringing up the the tsunami buoys. Which gives us the the wonderful battleship grid. Mm-hmm. Um, they said like, oh, we've been doing it on America for years. Like, what? Yeah. What? They've been spying on us with that. Yeah, I thought that would be a bigger deal. That seemed like a a breach of uh, security. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone does it. Yeah. What do we know? We are a lovely <laughs> podcast host oh. playing at naval warfare. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then we also get our introduction to Liam Neeson as Admiral Shane. Uh-huh. He's a very funny name. <laughs> uh, but he's giving, like, a memorial. Or not a memorial. Giving, like, a commencement. Not really. I don't know. He's giving I, he... a speech on the USS Missouri. Uh-huh. And he makes some special note to the, the veterans that are joining them. there, Which, because I knew in rewatching this about, like, how the veterans show the veteran show back up at the end to man the battleship. Yeah. But I was laughing this time watching it because they're like two of the veterans this time to have like oxygen tanks with yeah. them. They're like really old. And that was weird too because I guess this movie technically takes place in one day except for like the pretty much before the title. Yeah. Um, Because like by the end the veterans are still just hanging out and yeah. I was like what? Like <laughs> they're still here? They, they all live on that ship. Yeah. And uh, they kind of just come out of the woodwork and are like, we're ready to man the ship. Um, ready to do our duty, sir. And this is after, or I guess maybe the soccer game was the day before. Yeah. Yeah. Cause but pretty much that... with it, this all takes place within like two days. Yeah. Days. Because there's that scene where him and Sam kiss on the beach, which I guess is maybe the night of the soccer game. After maybe. The soccer game. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, who even cares? <laughs> <laughs> We're spending a lot on this first half. The yeah, part yeah, that yeah. everyone cares about. <laughs> well, we can get to the next part real quick. Aliens show up. <laughs> Aliens show up. Uh, they heard our transmission. There was a... They end up having to attack their own satellite dish. Mm-hmm. To stop the aliens from using it. That guy goes, are we about to fire on Oahu? <laughs> and he goes, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> that one guy, they... <laughs> then you could tell he was just funny, yeah. funny old man that they got to do all the same <laughs> funny lines. Just set him loose. <laughs> As they're getting ready to fire, he goes, oh, somebody gotta kiss the donkey. I was like, what is that? I wrote that down too because I was like, what, what does that possibly mean? <laughs> oh, brother, somebody gonna kiss the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
because while they're getting out to go this naval exercise, uh, there's some tension because Hopper want is wanting to propose to his girlfriend Sam, but wants to bl- get the blessing of the admiral for mm-hmm. their dad, and he's like, "I hate you! I hate you so much! I hate <laughs> you so much! You are a disgrace! You have so much potential that I, for some reason, yeah." And he says, "I don't know what my daughter sees in you." <laughs> <laughs> and so then but then we follow sam his girlfriend who is a physical therapist yeah and she goes working at a at a vet clinic yeah working it, with amputees yeah with like wounded warriors yeah. uh and that's where we meet mick yeah this dude mick who is a uh army amputee with both legs missing mm-hmm. and has given up but sam is gonna ungive up <laughs> i guess so that plot whole that plot felt kind of half-assed yeah and they kind of forgot about it i feel like yeah there were points i was like oh yeah i forgot about that uh-huh like, I, yeah okay. like i guess we need something keeping us like yeah something else to do not just at at the sea fighting the aliens one of the few things i remember about i remembered about this movie going in was mick fighting an alien yeah. one-on-one uh <laughs> And so I knew he was coming, but I was like, how do we get there? Why Why does that matter? Um, and so then when Sam was like, I'm your new physical therapist, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, and I liked their little adventure. Basically, she takes him for a hike. Yeah. And while they're hiking, the attack happens. And so they get stranded on this big mountain because... Um, Aliens. Because what are their, their communications? Their communications ship crash landed and into Hong Kong, and so they need a new way to, to send communications back. Yeah. Back to basically be like, all right, send the rest of the send the rest of the invasion, I guess. Yeah. Which see, I don't know what their plan was there. I guess that was just a, was just like a scouting. Yeah, I guess so to make sure that their planet is habitable. Which I thought there was going to be a whole plot about like because this I feel like always happens in these movies. Mm-hmm. They go. Oh, the aliens destroyed their planet, yeah. and now they want to use ours, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Some sort of motivation. We don't get anything. I'm just like, they won. I know it's just so weird. There, We're... there is that little moment, which is a cliche, of um when they there's they find an alien in the water, and they have it. Which I was so confused on where that exact that alien came from. Yeah, they're just like, oh, we found him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're looking at him and then it wakes up and grabs taylor kitsch and then he gets he like sees its mind and i guess he like sees a little bit of like oh they're gonna come and conquer the world yeah wow what a what yeah. an insight which also like i wasn't sure what was happening there because i was yeah. like okay it looks like aliens are attacking earth but because i thought it was going to be some tragic backstory with the aliens i assumed it was like the alien world and i was like i don't know what the hell's going on yeah. It's like they were trying to do a Lord of the Rings thing where Galadriel shows Frodo <laughs> what happens if he fails and the Shire burns. But they didn't give us any... Okay, listen. They built up that moment for like two hours. <laughs> this movie didn't give us any of that. Uh, but... Wait, which did? Huh? Which did for two hours? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like we, we learn about all this stuff and then we see that. Instead, this movie's just like, hey, by the way mind meld with an alien yeah i felt like all the alien stuff was kind of half-assed like yeah like um i didn't understand a lot of what they were doing like they would it kept showing their like 
alien vision. Yeah, and it which would be the, it, the alien vision like has little visors that determines if something is green good or red bad. Must yeah. destroy. I guess like red is a threat. Yeah, that's what it's I was so convoluted about. Like, cause they, I think they just knew that these aliens would just wipe the floor uh-huh. with any ship uh-huh. that goes against them. So like, there's it's so inconsistent. Yeah, it's like. Because you'll see them, they'll scan, like, the ship, and the cannons on the ship will be red. And it's like, okay, so they recognize that that's a weapon. Uh, but then sometimes, the weird thing was, is that then sometimes they would look at something and then decide not to blow it up. And I feel like it was a moment, like, yeah. we're supposed to know what that means. And instead I would just be like, but why? Like, yeah. there was a part where, like, they send out these big rolling machines. Oh, the giant, like, termite thing? Yeah. And those would, like, just roll through everything. They destroyed all the helicopters at Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they're destroying weapons. Um, then and then the one goes and destroys a highway. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so transfer- they're cutting off transportation. That mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. And then, like, they, they make a point of showing it stop at a Little League game and not kill a kid with yeah. a baseball bat. So you're like, okay, so But it really not- thinks about it. Yeah. It really thinks about killing that kid. <laughs> so it's like... They're not killing non-combatants, I guess. But that's a really weird scene because that comes directly after they have their kind of first encounter with the aliens. And there's three ships. Two of them, uh, there's the one that Taylor Kitsch is on, the one that his brother is on, and the Japanese one that uh, Nagata's on. Uh-huh. And uh, the brother ship fires on them and then gets completely destroyed. They die. Japanese one also gets destroyed, and then Taylor Kitch's one. They all they're getting ready to fire, but they can't yet. So and then they decide to save the the survivors yeah. of the other ships instead of attacking. And so then the the aliens just go like, "Nope, not a threat. They haven't fired on us." But oh. then immediately go and destroy all the weapons at the military bases. Yeah, but those weren't those weren't used, being used to fire on. Yeah, them. and the other weird thing was like that they it would also seem like they wouldn't attack you unless you attacked them like there's a part yeah. where beast one of the soldiers on the ship mm-hmm. is sees one of the aliens inside the ship starts like scanning a torpedo or something yeah and then he and it just walks right past him like he tells everyone like leave like basically like i'll hold him off yeah. but then the alien just walks right past him and he watches it and then he hits it with like a hammer or an axe yeah. or something and then it hits him and then Taylor Kitsch comes in and starts shooting it, and it, like, flips out. So I was like, if anything, you're just painting the aliens as kind of, like, kind of merciful. Dumb. Yeah, like, I guess like, so. They're like, that they look at him and go, I don't need to kill you. Yeah, it's so inconsistent. It's so just because, like, these aliens would just kill all the characters instantly. Yeah. And they're also, like, I mean, this is neither here nor there, I suppose, but I always think a lot about, like, design mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like this. And I felt like they were kind of a, not lazy, because they definitely, like, someone went, designed these things, but they were just, like, a weird, not very iconic design. Yeah, because they're humanoid. They have, like, kind of a weird, like, like their foot arches are, like, super high, almost like a, like a horse. Yeah, almost like a hoof. And then they, like, their hands are kind of, like, kind of like claws. They're, like, four big thumbs. Yeah, I thought their they're... hands were the coolest part. Yeah, but, but then, like, they're kind of lizard people. Uh-huh. Ish, but then they have these weird like spiky goatees. Yeah, that was that a was weird the weirdest touch. part. Yeah, I was yeah. like, why do they do that? And then they had like human teeth. 
And so oh, I was yeah. thinking oh. they were like trying to be like, oh, they're not so different from us. But then yeah. that didn't come into play. At no, all. no, then we just blow them up. Yeah. Um, because I thought it was gonna come back to the whole Goldilocks planet thing. Which, by the way, they keep they talk about how it's a perfect planet for life, and like you think, oh, they're coming to take over our planet. Mm. At least that's what I inferred. But then mm. they also have this whole subplot about how they have to wear these helmets that are basically sunglasses because they yeah. can't take the sun. So I'm like, how are you gonna live here? You're just gonna wear helmets all the time. <laughs> They'll build very nice uh, condos yeah. to stay indoors. They'll all move to, uh, like, Siberia where yeah. there's no sun. <laughs> well, my idea was that maybe, because I feel like they should have been more, like, them being, like, amphibians or something, which would make sense about, like, why their ships are so, like, water-based. Yeah. The only problem I see with that is then that it, it could be like, okay, well, why can't they just live in the ocean and we'll live on the land and we'll be happy? Well, because they're not going to come peacefully. Yeah. They're going to kill all of our fish. <laughs> and we were going to do that. <laughs> With plastic. Oh, and did you notice Rami Malek is in this movie? Yes! What the hell? I I, know. Thought, I, I was wondering if that was him. because That is him. I looked him up. He's in like a nothing role. Yeah, he's the guy who talks to Liam Neeson in like two scenes. He's like, yeah. sir, we lost communications. Yeah. Then he would go on to win Best Actor for <laughs> Freddie Mercury. a decade, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was so weird because I was like, he's already been in the museum at this point. He's recognizable enough to not be some rand glorified yeah. like featured extra. Yeah, um, he very much is like an extra. Yeah, funny. it makes me wonder if they like cut his role down or something. I doubt it. Um, I doubt they had like this is as much Liam Neeson as they had. Any Liam Neeson they had, they put in this movie. Oh yeah, they got their full bang for their buck. They did. For he Liam. probably made bank off. Of oh this. yeah, good for him. Yeah. Oh Liam. From Dark Man to this, uh, <laughs> uh, Rob Roy to Battleship. <laughs> oh, this did have I. I was thinking at some points, I was like, "Was this script written by an AI? Were we at that point?" <laughs> Especially with a lot of the lines during the battle, like you have the one guy I'm like, "I didn't sign up for this." It's like, it's a battle. Yeah, you're in the navy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's before they even know they're aliens. He's, like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There was a lot of, uh, like, just all the stuff that when the fighting actually started, where it should have been the most exciting, I was just like, I don't care. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, the little Star Wars line. There were a couple of interesting moments. Like, I liked that, um, like, when they realized how outclassed they are by the, because the, I like the, I did like how there were, like, two different kinds of aliens. It seemed like there were, like, pilots and, like, warriors. Because there was like the skinny aliens that were wearing orange armor, and then there were these huge, like almost like cyborg aliens that I had didn't like even pick up on that. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like they had I that was interesting to me that they were kind of cyborgs because that seems like something they should have talked about, but they didn't. Was that like they had these um yeah, their hands like they would like morph. morph. Yeah. yeah, I which I think is kind of a cool visual, but it, I don't. I couldn't tell what was happening with it because it was just kind of changing into nothing. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of, like, one big hook. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, it was kind of... Its go-to was, like, a claw. And yeah. then it would be, like, uh, three knives yeah. <laughs> that would turn into one knife. Like, or... change into more things. Like, maybe it pops in and then, like, a flamethrower comes out yeah. or something. Or, like, a big laser gun. Yeah. It turns into a scanner at one point, but I we still don't know why he's scanning that. Yeah, the aliens are so just, like... It's the most, like, all right, alien, quote-unquote, aliens show up next. Like, they did not, yeah. like, this is, they just see it's something. 
yeah to fight there were a couple cool things where it showed like how tough they were like they could just like throw someone across a room or like when one of them comes down the stairs they're like these steel stairs they have in the mm. ship and it was bending them because it was like so heavy um and then but the, i liked where they had to fight one and like their guns weren't doing anything to it so they, they shoot it point blank with a, uh, <laughs> with a... battleship cannon yeah which i thought that was really cool but uh, that's when that's when Rihanna delivers the iconic line of "Mahalo, motherfucker." <laughs> yeah, there were two two separate times where someone's about to say "mf mfer," and then it cuts right before the yeah, f word because it's right. PG thirteen. Most of the action in the middle was very forgettable to me. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of cool when they were like using the grid to shoot the ships, but I was like, whatever. I was like, okay, because then I remember uh, my Blake, my roommate, was like, like. What's gonna what's gonna happen here? Because he's like, because there's comes a point where they're kind of like, they take out like three of the alien ships, so it's like they're kind of doing a good job. My my roommate's like, what's gonna you know what's the point? What what's gonna happen? And I was like, well, I know that at some point we have to get to the old ship. I've seen this before. It's so hard talking about this movie because yeah, as soon as we get into the middle, it's just battle after it's just battle after battle with the, yeah. And then they cut back to the scientists and stuff who mm-hmm. are making some real leaps, I think. Yeah. Like, they, <laughs> they go from uh, not knowing anything. Like, this, they go, this is literally from another world. It doesn't match anything on our periodic it's not table. The periodic table. Um, and then he goes, it has panels on it. It must be communication shit. Yeah. And I was like, how do you know that those are? Look- y'all have looked at this thing for like. Four hours. Yeah, and not even in person, just from what you've heard from people yeah. in China. And uh, I'm like, for all you know, those could be, you know, they, they're they paddles for when they go in the water. <laughs> like, they're like, they're like, oh, those are communication panels. Yeah. And, uh, and then they're like, I bet they're trying to talk to their... Uh, their, uh, their home base. Yeah, and then... Home planet. Which then someone, I can't remember who has the epic line of, uh, you telling me E.T.'s trying to phone home? Oh my god. Uh, that's what this feels like uh it feels like it's trying to be independence day yeah big time. Stuff like that. independence day on the ocean <laughs> very much is or what's oh i saw the tagline for this what do you think the tagline is um we're gonna need a bigger boat oh that's that would be a good one but no it's the battle for earth begins at sea <laughs> i know how pumped that makes you yeah that sounds epic that's awesome the universal boardroom yeah cool put it on the poster i love it <laughs> um but yeah so they their ship gets destroyed by the big termite things and then they're like what are we gonna do we need a we need a boat Pull up to the USS Missouri. Yeah, full circle. Yeah, and then they're like, "So outdated. We don't. We don't even know how to run it." And then out walks all the veterans. Yeah. that have worked on this boat, all <laughs> still conveniently here. I guess they work there. Maybe it was kind of like, "Have you you seen Wayne's World?" Yeah. Uh, there's a part where uh, where Wayne and Garth are like, they they detail this whole detailed plan about how to save the day, and then they go only there was someone who'd help us and everyone in the restaurant who's been listening to them stands up and goes we'll help 
It's like, that's what happens. That's so funny. Yeah, well, because it's so funny when they start, because as they're saying that, like, Taylor Kitsch is looking around the ro- looking around the ship, and there's just, like, veterans standing yeah. in, in really funny parts of the ship. Yeah. Like, there's two that are standing, like, basically at the top of it. Uh-huh. Like, a, a nice gust of wind comes by, and they're gone. Oh, yeah. They're like, those guys weigh 70 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they fly away like a kite. Yeah. Um, but they, the veterans come out, they feel like they're real veterans because their acting is not great. Yeah. And they're like, what do you need, son? Yeah. He's like, I, I, no one has the right to ask any more of you, but I'm asking. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. That's a pretty good line. It's, it's, I like that point because it gets like cheesy enough of like, all right, our veterans are going to kick these alien asses. Yeah. And I like that they have the, and they set it up in the beginning because there's a part where uh some kid is taking a tour of the missouri and he's like what's the difference between a battleship and a destroyer and the taylor <laughs> oh kitch is late carl to... <laughs> weezer was not taking a tour and taylor kitch is late to the the group meeting of the missouri and so he's like he's like oh a battleship's like a punching bag these things really can take hits um yourself they're awesome yeah that's all you need to know yeah. <laughs> and but then i was like oh full circle okay we're gonna be in the the punching bag because mm-hmm. um, we've seen that these things make mincemeat of our destroyers um but so yeah i did like because as when they start like they're kind of getting the ship ready montage is set to thunderstrike yeah that was sweet <laughs> <laughs> um so they get the ship ready. There's funny. I like. It's kind of funny of like seeing like the, the the crew. You see Rihanna go into like the the gunner station, but it's like old fashioned. Uh huh. And the old guy's like, uh, "You ready to play with the big boys?" Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that part, that part, I like. It gets cheesy enough. Everything yeah. else in the movie is so serious. Yeah, I really like the ending. Like, I thought that was sweet that they got the old timey ship. I did have some logistical problems because I'm pretty sure when they turn a ship into a museum like that, oh, someone yeah. literally goes, it's that ship, it's a museum. Uh, and they mean literally, like there's, you know, there's like <laughs> vending machines on it and like yeah. <laughs> plaques. But um, like, because uh, I'm sure you've visited the USS Lexington. I have visited the USS Lexington. Yeah. A lovely little trip down to the a, coast a of Texas. Carrier. Yeah. And, um, and it was reminding me of that where it's like very much you know decommissioned like you can go on and off of it um but no this baby's ready to fire i know i was like they've got they've got gas they've got uh shells uh i was <laughs> they like, have active munitions on yeah. this museum i was like i'm pretty sure when they decommission a ship like that they fill its cannons with like uh cement, cement. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be hilarious if they go to fire and then it just like hits the cement and explodes <laughs> like uh when when Bugs Bunny puts a carrot in the end of yeah. Elmer Fudd's gun. Um, and yeah, and then, and then also the thing is like chained to the um, the dock with these massive chains. So I was yeah. like, I want Mythbusters to see how fast you could actually cut through that with a blowtorch. Oh yeah, they, they cut through and they all fall at the same time. Yeah, they do it pretty easily. Um, but uh, anyway, if we ignore all that. If we ignore all of that. <laughs> Pretty cool climax. Yeah, pretty sweet. Decently cool climax. That's the thing about this movie is that the action and like stuff isn't that bad. Like I found myself like even during the the scene where they I guess they're playing Battleship. I found myself decently riveted. During yeah, but same. like everything around like the characters, I did not care for at all. Yeah, I think I, that's the major problem. Same. And going back to design, I uh, thought that the alien ships were a little uninspired. I thought yeah. the idea was cool. The missiles were cool. 
The idea of having like a big boat. Which ship I guess is cool. I think we alluded to, but I don't know if we said, but the alien missiles are done in the same design as the pieces on the battleship board. Yeah. Like they're done like the little pegs. Uh-huh. And when they fire, they land and then strike yeah. in. Which I did not notice until this watch. And yeah. I could not stop crying laughing. <laughs> yeah, which I, I genuinely like that. And I like that they they like riddle the ships in a straight line. Like if like when yeah. the, when you're playing the game, if you find where someone's ship is you can just run down the line so i like that but i felt like their overall design was very like i don't know just very generic um and then like you said the characters i did like taylor kitsch and i liked um alexander skarsgård who died very quickly but that was about it i like actually no i liked mick the amputee (laughs) and i liked when he punched an alien in the face (laughs) it is funny when he (laughs) he goes one-on-one with an alien yeah which I thought I liked that it that he was able to like kind of level the field by taking its helmet off because then it was blinded. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I was like, that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just overall like I didn't really care about what was happening, and then like they saved the day, and I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when they and it's that it does that thing of like they they try to make it feel it's like it's a pretty small. Uh, conflict, you know. Yeah. They they hit Hong Kong and that is a huge deal, but mostly the conflict is three ships. Yeah. Four ships, including the Missouri and aliens, and but they and keep like alluding four alien ships. Yeah, and they, but they keep mentioning, uh, this is um, this is the end of the world, and then like at some point I think Taylor Kitsch says we're gonna the this is like a we're gonna need a new planet situation. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that was kind of just them mm-hmm. trying to cheaply make it like bigger stakes. Yeah. I, I did wonder because, well, because we do see like the aliens kind of wreck Hawaii. We get some of that, that kind of hoardy uh, destruction of infrastructure. <laughs> you know, as we see the highway get wrecked. Yeah. Um. And so I did kind of like that it wasn't like, I don't know, maybe it would have been better if it was like a globe trotting like battle with these aliens or something. But yeah, because the conflict is, it's just kind of in, right in Hawaii. Oh yeah, because yeah. we didn't even mention that the reason that it's only these ships is because they shoot a giant force field, a yeah. giant shield that just encapsulates Hawaii, and because they're the military is conveniently doing their their exercise just yeah. outside of the ship, just yeah. outside of the shield, they're they're left isolated. That was another thing that I thought was funny was that they. Uh, they're isolated out there, and then the alien stuff starts happening, and there's, like, the requisite scenes where they're confused, and they're like, is this part of the exercise? And um, they, obviously, their first thought is in aliens, because who would think that? But then, talk about, this was one of my my, my most, like, WTF scenes, <laughs> was when Mick and Sam are up on the mountain, and these three, like, rangers show I, up. I, that same scene, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, I need you off this mountain now. And they're like, what's going on? And he's like, someone's attacking the, the island. The word alien is being used. And I was like, okay. <laughs> what aliens being used? I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> and then they go, but then the best part is they go, I need you off my island. And then they drive away. And I was like, <laughs> so, so they're like, hey, you need to get the hell out of here. And then they just let them hike. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like put them you in your car. Drive them to safety. What yeah. are you doing? And then I guess it's like good they didn't get in the car because those guys are immediately killed by aliens. But it's like that's a screenwriting problem. You can just put them in the car and then have them survive the alien attack. You know, yeah. I was like, it's just weird that they just leave them there. 
Like, y'all are not good rangers slash cops. They're the worst rangers slash cops yeah. I've ever seen. And then, um, but I do like when Mick goes into into trouble, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I've never seen an alien. <laughs> I didn't write that line down. <laughs> and they're like, they're like yep, I've perfect. I've never seen an alien. <laughs> and I think after they save the day, um... It just hard cuts to them at like the award uh, yeah, ceremony. The award ceremony at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, at the, like the end of Tropic Thunder, or like at the end of A New Hope, where they just get their yeah, medals. It's very much that. And then, oh, he talks to Liam Neeson about uh, proposing to his daughter, and he says no. Yeah, <laughs> he makes a, he makes a joke out of it. I think his daughter should have been taken by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want you wanted to be a damsel. No, I just wanted it to be a Taken movie. <laughs> um, you think you are an alien? <laughs> Taking my daughter. <laughs> um, I will find you. <laughs> um, but um, or it could have been like nonstop, but on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's their. That's your battleship movie. It's a. It's like an Among Us. <laughs> oh, one man. of us. One of you is an alien. <laughs> What do we have as an alien? Among Us. <laughs> I would love to see an Among Us movie starring Liam Neeson. <laughs> it's like The Expendables, but it's for all just like old action here. Well, that is The Expendables, I guess. <laughs> That's just The Expendables. <laughs> it is funny that Liam Neeson, like, because he's so, so fucking old. Uh, it's so fucking tall. Um, <laughs> he's not, like... He's not in that same, like, range of, like, old action stars of, like, yeah. Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Because, like, he became an, an action star in kind of an, his old age. Yeah. Getting back to the film. <laughs> there, was a, there was one line, because, yeah, they, what's it, Mick and Sam, when they're on their journey, they're joined by one of the scientist guys. Yeah. Him, I I didn't need. I didn't need it all. They just needed him to explain science stuff. Yeah, true. And, um. But he does have a line of when he comes across them and then he sees Mick's uh, uh, titanium legs. Uh-huh. Goes, oh my god, is she a cyborg? Yeah. Are you guys with him? Like, that was such a tasteless joke. Yeah, and that it's was so stupid weird. because he's a scientist. He definitely should understand yeah. a guy with prosthetic legs. Yeah, has he never seen an amputee before? Yeah. You're also in Hawaii, which I think has one of the highest concentration of uh, retired yeah. veterans. <laughs> So bizarre. Yeah. And kind of, oh, and then also in connection, both of these movies feature clips of Barack Obama. I, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Forrest Gump. Oh. <laughs> they don't, though. They don't. They don't. <laughs> I was like, oh, where in Battleship is Forrest Gump? You don't remember when uh, um, uh, As the... he goes to check on Mick and he's watching the scene where Lieutenant Dan is, has, is New Year's Day and he's just sitting there depressed. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do. I do find it funny that they repurpose like footage of an Obama speech uh-huh. in this movie of like him talking about us triumphing over aliens. Yeah, I wonder if you like track down what Obama was actually talking about. If like it was, <laughs> if it would be tasteless, you know, oh, like yeah. if he's talking about like a uh, like our involvement in Afghanistan, they <laughs> use it in their alien movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was a thing a lot. For sure. Because, like, just using... It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just use footage of Obama in... Yeah. I feel like there was a big rise in footage of Obama or 
implying that it was Obama in the White House. Yeah. And whereas I feel like in movies in the 90s and early 2000s, they would just make up a president. Yeah, it would, it would be a someone else playing president. Or you'd hear, what, why isn't Obama at that ceremony at the end? Like, why isn't the president there congratulating and shaking yeah. the hands of the people, the, the men in arms who have fought and repelled an alien invasion? Yeah. And he's What's from, he busy with? He's from Hawaii. He you know? is, yeah. Where he the hell been is like, he? You defended my homeland, and uh, I am forever in your debt. <laughs> <laughs> so is America. <laughs> uh, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie... <laughs> could you imagine if this movie came out in 2016? Cameo. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, if Trump was the president. Oh my god. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> aliens well they have they have a donald trump mention in the movie they do yeah, which i was on. like i that was so weird because it's before the trump yeah, we know yeah so i guess they're just because they say like because uh taylor kitsch comes on board and is like at like shouting commands and so rihanna is like oh we got he's thinking he's donald trump and mike tyson yeah like, what, the, what does that mean yeah i guess just arrogant <laughs> i guess so uh mike tyson seems so nice like a big teddy bear. <laughs> uh, but just, maybe that's based more on like Donald Trump on the, the Apprentice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Don't talk about me in Battlefit. <laughs> You're doing an impression of every black man alive. On <laughs> I was. That's not. That's not racial. That's just how Mike Tyson sounds. Because <laughs> <laughs> your ableist now. Uh... <laughs> I'll cut this. Out. <laughs> oh yeah. Hell, do they not have some point in this movie when they say you sank my battleship? I, th- I thought about that. one thing they needed. Yeah, I was waiting for it and it never came. Even just like I was thinking, like a line of like these aliens killed my brother, they sunk my battleship. Yeah, which I guess wouldn't work because they don't sink the battleship. Yeah, yeah. maybe you sunk my destroyer. They're not stupid. gonna sink this battleship. Yeah, there, that- may- there may be a line like that, but it's not. It doesn't. Same. Yeah, that'd be good if he said. Or Liam Neeson calls them and says, Hopper! <laughs> Did you sink my battleship? <laughs> Don't sink my battleship. Uh, uh, so the last thing I want to talk about this movie was, did you know there is an after credit scene? I did not, and I definitely did not stick yeah. around. Well, because having seen that, I, I mentioned this idea to you. I don't know if you remember it, because we were I was drunk bringing it up. Um, <laughs> but I went and I wonder if on the spot you can pitch a Battleship 2. Right. Oh. If you could. Because I, I have I have an idea. Battleship what 2. What would. If you're a Hollywood executive. And let's say this movie made $700 million. And it demands a sequel. It demands a sequel. The studio is like, Jacob, we need a Battleship 2. The people are demanding it. Hmm. Give us a pitch right this second. Battleship 2. And I'll tell you the end credits scene that I. I believe it's just like some people like looking in, like, because I think they say, well, like, when the ship that crashed to Hong Kong, they're like, oh, pieces landed everywhere. And so I think it's just like some people somewhere, like, looking in, like, a hole, and then you see, like, an alien's, like, hand come out. Yeah. I was going to say something similar in that it would be like, uh, they had something programmed into their ship that, like, if they didn't hear back in, a certain amount of time, it would send a distress beacon, and they go, "We get, oh, we gotta go to get our boys." Uh, but then, what if this? Just because that's boring. What <laughs> if then we figure out that they're coming, 
and we so go, we send battleships to space yes to fight them for, on their own land isn't there a, a like japanese thing about like space battleship yeah. or something where it's like oh the only thing we have to turn into a, a spaceship is this battleship yeah it's like a world war ii era they should do that yeah i had a much dumber idea <laughs> Here, here's my horrible pitch for battleship 2 so there, one alien survived and it, get, it landed in, let's say, Mongolia. It gets acquired secretly by Kim Jong-un. <gasps> because uh, he's in the zeitgeist. People are afraid of him. And this is only a few years before the interview. <laughs> and so he gets... The alien gets captured by the North Koreans. And he becomes best friends with Kim Jong-un. <laughs> and the alien teaches Kim Jong-un how to make these ships how to make it and so then north korea begins invading <laughs> begins their invasion of japan and hawaii and begins expanding all over the pacific rim so then taylor kitch it's up to him he's now a six-star general <laughs> and is now leading the battleships which now they still can only use the uss missouri yeah armed only with veterans wait he has to lead it to battle <laughs> I just came the alien North Korean army. <laughs> I just came up with an idea. I actually thought of this during the movie, <laughs> okay. but now it's my sequel pitch. They the same so Taylor Kitsch is on vacation in <laughs> Massachusetts and the aliens attack again. He's on his honeymoon. Okay, good. good. And um and luckily uh there's other veterans there slash <laughs> other he's able to commandeer some sailors and they have to the only ship they have at their at their hands is old Ironsides, <laughs> the, like, the Civil, like War Civil War era ships. ship, and to, to fight the aliens. Uh, and they're, he's like, uh, "Beat the quarters, Mister Pullings." <laughs> Wait, so the veterans are from the Civil War? No, no. Actually, it's not even veterans. It's just it's just reenactors who know how to work a <laughs> sailboat. <laughs> Well, Hollywood, there you have it. Give us a call for yeah. Battleship 2. <laughs> Ironside. It's only been 10 years. People are nostalgic now for Battleship. Yeah, and Taylor Kitsch needs to come back. He does. He does. I, oh, and one last thing I want to mention about this movie is the director. Peter Berg. You, are you, do you know this man? My name. I know you've seen one movie he's been in more recently. But because he did, I think he had done the movie with The Rock, The Rundown. And like this... So this was kind of him getting like big, big, big budget movie. Uh-huh. And he did this, didn't do well. And then he did kind of do a kind of a comeback with Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg. Okay. And so then him and Mark Wahlberg become absolute besties. So they Mile do, 22? Well, they do Lone Survivor, then do Deepwater Horizon, then Patriot's Day. And so that's kind of a trilogy I don't remember of Mark what Patriot's Day is. That's the one about the Boston bombing, where Mark Wahlberg solves it. Okay, cool. Great movie. Made me cry, but also kind of weird. <laughs> uh, Mark Wahlberg saves the day, saves the Boston, Boston bombing. <laughs> but um, they do that, and then they did Mile 22. Horrible, yeah. horrible movie that misused a beloved friend of the show, Eco Ui. <laughs> Eco Ui. And then he did Spencer Confidential for Netflix. I kind of like Spencer Confidence. Yeah, I wa- It was the first thing I watched when when the uh, plague hit in quarantine, <laughs> and I liked it. I liked that the uh, Winston Duke was in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I, I remember I have a po- semi positive view of P- 
Peter Berg just because I, I remember really liking like Lone Survivor, that kind of trilogy of movies. Um, but then I did see a clip of him recently, and I guess he is kind of a super, super bro military dude. Oh, yeah. And he was, there was some, like, I guess an interviewer was asking him about that when promoting Battleship. And he, and Peter Berg is like, you're an able-bodied man. Why aren't you serving your country? Okay, Peter <laughs> it's Berg. it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which I can see him getting along with Mark Wahlberg. I feel like yeah. Mark, Wal- Mark Wahlberg could, same way he could, you know, 9-11 would have gone differently if he was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, we've talked about this movie for so long. Yeah. Would you recommend it? No. Uh, (laughs) Watch watch something else. It's not horrible. It's a really funny oddity as, like, yes, a movie that's based on a freaking board game. Um, Yeah, it's not horrible. Taylor Kitsch is okay. Shouldn't, like, I, unfortunately, it sank his career. Hey. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. Don't watch it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Jacob, or how did this match your expectations? I, honestly, I think it was less than my expectations, because I at least, ex- I expected to have some more dumb fun with it than I did. I was kind of just bored for the whole middle hour. Yeah. Uh, I like the beginning, and I like the end, and I like some of the shenanigans of Mick and Carl, or Cal. Um, I like that there was a guy named Negrady who looked like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's about it. I liked Obama. <laughs> I would say if you want to watch a movie about naval warfare Against directed aliens. by a guy named Peter, you should check out Master and Commander: <laughs> The Far Side of the World. I have watched it twice since our last recording. <laughs> I love Master and Commander. I- I've been telling you about this movie for a while. <laughs> I finally watched it. It was awesome. It's so up your ass. Yeah. And then I showed my roommate. I That's the way I watched it twice. I showed Blake because I was like, this is the perfect Blake movie because oh, yeah, it's half it's... about being in Her Majesty's Royal Navy and the other half is just about looking at cool lizards with your <laughs> friends in the Galapagos. Yeah. Oh, one thing that did this did feel very similar to is Battle Los Angeles. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Cause, well, because one thing I saw a video by uh, a YouTube. I saw a video on YouTube. That made the comparison of like Battle of Los Angeles, like the aliens don't really make a lot of sense, but they make sense for what the movie's trying to do. Cause like the aliens, like they were able to transport to our world and attack, but they, of course they, they use infantry and ground forces and are humanoid enough so that way the humans have a fighting chance. Cause we just need someone to stand in for like, we need an alien to engage in war with us the way that we know and can comprehend. And the way that we could shoot at them with a gun. Yeah. So it's the same way here of like, all right, we need aliens that can, you know, travel across space, but, you know, can still have ships that we can, you know, blow up with a battleship. Yeah. That's a really good point, because they definitely could probably just vaporize us (laughs) with some kind of inter-universe, (laughs) inter-galactic ballistic missile. Exactly. Um, Yeah. All right. On to movie two. The Dictator. The Dictator. Jacob, what's your history with The Dictator? Um, This one I actually didn't see when it came out. I'm not a big, like, obviously I love comedy and I love funny stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I generally don't see 
the more like um uh, main, mainstream like big hollywood comedies like i i only saw grown-ups last year for the first time <laughs> that's uh, a great movie yeah stuff like that um and so I didn't see this one came out. I also wasn't like a big Sasha Baron Cohen guy. I didn't see Borat till last year. Oh yeah, we were twelve. This movie's a hard R. That's true. That's true. Um, and like I guess I say that because I had friends growing up who were like, "Oh, Borat," and I was like, "What, <laughs> what friends did you?" <laughs> I guess it's not absurd. Talk about you, David. <laughs> I think it was David. Uh, this is um, but um. Like I would watch, you know, I I was no stranger to uh, uh, an R-rated film, but it was like you know, Terminator, like Gladiator, yeah. like, which still has you know, hardcore stuff in it, but it's not. I, I don't know, it's different when it didn't have uh, Sasha Baron Cohen milking a prostitute. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, excuse me, a soldier. She <laughs> she wasn't a prostitute. A soldier that that they has sex with. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I so I didn't see, I saw this movie for the first time like earlier this no last year twenty twenty one, and uh, I think it's fine and my opinion <laughs> has not changed. <laughs> yeah, this was my first time seeing this movie all the way through. Uh-huh. I remember seeing the trailer and being excited for it. I remember it was like uh, they showed a lot of the Olympics scene from the beginning. Yeah, where like he's like oh. He's a history of the country, and oh, he hosted his own Olympics, and you see him, fi- he fires his own starting gun. Yeah. And it's like, oh, at his Olympics, he won 14 gold medals, and then he starts using the gun and shooting yeah. <laughs> a bunch of people around him. They had a couple good visual gags like that, like, because, I mean, not to be the guy who's, like, doing anatomy of a joke here, <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's funny because he does his, it's corrupt, he does his own starting pistol, but then the kicker, and he uses it to start shooting them. Mm-hmm. Here on top, and then there's like the same kind of thing later where yeah. he needs to poop and he's hanging over the street, and right below him, a woman has her purse stolen, and she's like, "Somebody stop that man!" And you think his giant poop is gonna hit the robber, and instead it just hits the woman. No, he's not, he's not pooping. Wait, were you watching the unrated cut? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't either. Oh. <laughs> No, but um, because that's the part when he's hanging from the zip line and then yeah. he's dropping his bricks out. Oh, I thought he had to. I thought he said he had to make boom boom. No, because no, it's like, oh, do you have any weight in it? It's like, oh, I have my supplements, and it's worth <laughs> one of them is worth three bananas, and then he pulls out three bananas. Like, yeah. Why do you have that? It's I like, like that I don't trust the pills. <laughs> it's like, oh, I also have this brick, and it's like, why do you have a brick? And it's like, well, to even out the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. That's how I wrote down, like, that, I mean, I guess we can get into, like, beat-by-beat beat stuff, but um, I did write that I I tend to like this movie more when it was being, like, absurd, mm-hmm. um, like, the bricks, uh, yeah. and then when it was more, like, edgy, like, yeah. a political, not really political, but, you know, more, like, edgy, like, oh, I'm a dictator comedy yeah. was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, premise. Oh, I guess I didn't. Oh, did you say I, your history? I, well, I, guess I saw the trailer. It had the Olympics yeah. uh, scene that we la- me and my friends laughed a lot. And I remember the movie coming out and hearing it wasn't very good. And I think I remember renting I watched some of it at some point. And I watched the beginning and I was like, oh, this is bad. I think as a kid I was still like, I don't know, my parents did a good job of like, don't watch bad things. Yeah. Even though I like I would sneak around their backs to like watch Family Guy uh-huh. at that around this age or maybe a little older. Um, but I feel like I remember seeing him just being like, when it's all this stuff, it's like, oh, you have herpes now, and like, 
There was some stuff. I feel like I only watched the first like twenty minutes, maybe, uh-huh. and then was like, I don't want to watch the rest of this. Yeah, it's just like kind of dumb. Yeah, which I love dumb stuff. Like, mm-hmm. look at if you look at like. I mean, we were going through my Blu-ray shelf here earlier, yeah. but Nacho Libre is a very dumb yeah. comedy. But it's it's but it's like it's, I feel like it, it commits a little more. Yeah, that. and it's fun. It's it's like not it's not poking it's not hurting anybody. Yeah, which this isn't either most of the time. But there are a few jokes I would say are in bad taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's just 2012 for you. Yeah, but um, as we've discovered. Yeah. Oh my God. Except I will say. This again, we find another film with a American Asian actor doing a very stereotypical Asian <laughs> performance. But it's comedian Bobby Lee, and for, uh-huh. just having seen his other stuff, I feel like he wanted to do this, <laughs> and I thought he was really funny when he like, <laughs> is he on the Daily Show? Uh, I don't know. I've seen him. He was a guest on Norm Macdonald Live, and he's really funny on that. Um, and he's been, I've seen some of his stand up on like, uh, this is not happening. Um, uh, but yeah, so I just like having seen his type of comedy, I feel like he, he volunteered for this. He fought for it. <laughs> yeah. And I thought he, I actually thought he was really funny yeah. as, uh, as, uh, Mr. Lau, the oil baron. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese oil baron. Yeah. Um, I guess I did say what I thought of it this time, but uh-huh. I'm similar. I'm kind of split on this movie. I feel like something that was stuck in my head this entire time watching was, like, why wasn't this done in, like, a Borat-style way? Yeah. Of, like, like Borat of, like, you know, live reactions, like, hidden camera type stuff with a story stringing it through. It felt like it was, like, teetering on being that. And it's the same director as Borat. Oh, wow. And um, so it felt weird to me that it wasn't. Like, some of it felt a lot more, like... Yeah. It felt like in this weird middle ground. I loved John C. Riley when he yeah, shows up. Yeah, he was really it. funny. Um, he was really funny, and that it reminded me of like, oh yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen was in Talladega Nights. I had oh yeah, yeah, I'd completely forgotten about that. He's he's French yeah. and gay. Yeah, he really disappears into his roles. I have he to does. say, <laughs> the disguises. Yeah. Um, I also this might be a weird thing to say. I found I thought he was a very handsome man in this movie with <laughs> with no beard and curly hair. I remember he's so like, handsome. No wonder he won uh, Isla Fisher over. Yeah, we were like, wow, what a what a handsome uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, <laughs> even though he's playing a uh, war criminal. <laughs> yeah, that is another thing about the movie is that the movie is like it seems very much on his side. I don't know. It seems yeah. like we're supposed to sympathize with him, or is the joke that he's the hero of the movie? See, Even though he's, like, a vicious war criminal who thinks he's executing all these people. Yeah. That's what's confusing, because I thought, like, okay, he's going to have this redemption arc. So there's a part yeah. of the movie where we find out that everyone he's been executing, in hand quotes. Yeah, because he executes everyone. It's like, oh, yeah. you bump into him in the hallway. He'll have you. Yeah. Have some soldiers drag you off. Uh, So we find out that they're actually just being shipped off to Little Wadia. He's from a country <laughs> called Wadia. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're being shipped off to Little Wadia in New York City. And so I was like, oh, they're doing that so that when he has his redemption, we go, he didn't really kill anyone, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not actually a criminal. But then um, we find out later that he has lots of experience torturing people. Yeah. Um, because he has a... That's actually a pretty funny scene with John C. Reilly where they talk about their favorite torture devices. Yeah. Um, but then the worst part is we find out that he's, like, a pedophile. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then he's still in the end. It's like kind of supposed to be a happy ending, and I'm like, yeah. 
he's like a, not a good person at all. I know. That's a weird kind of like gray area of this movie. It's like, I guess that's the joke. Yeah. Is but, that the joke? That he's a pedophile? Joke? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it's in a weird, it's, it's in a weird place with that. But I guess let's, let's say what the plot is of this movie. Yeah. It's, I will say before we get into that, for my money, it's a pretty like funny setup. A fun, it's a yeah. pretty good premise, even though the jokes themselves, I didn't. And I feel like, like this was a time when like people were, you know, Saddam Hussein was still on the mind. Yeah, like uh, we had just got Osama. Yeah, well, he wasn't a dictator, but true. Which I guess there's a lot of Osama bin Laden jokes yeah. in this one. I did think those were funny about like, oh yeah, he's been living in my guest house ever since I got his double. Yeah. Oh, but this is right after Gaddafi too, I think, in mm-hmm. Libya. Yeah, Gaddafi and like Kim Jong Kim Jong is still a big news story in uh, North Korea. So I feel like it was a good time for that. Mm-hmm. But it is in this weird spot I thought of like I guess we'll get into more of that. But the story is Sasha Baron Cohen is the, the dictator of a North African country called Wadia. Uh-huh. Uh sits where the country of Eritrea is on the red sea oh i didn't know i know where the, I, I know maps I yeah so, colin uh, is very geographically minded i guess so <laughs> um but <laughs> what is geographically minded i don't mean? know <laughs> but all i'm saying is this guy knows how to pull up the buoy maps <laughs> <laughs> to take down some alien tangos <laughs> every, every saturday every saturday but so he's a, a ruthless dictator. Um, you know, he changes words in the dictionary to his name. Uh-huh. Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin. He changes the words positive and negative to his name. Um, and then, That's a pretty good joke. I like that. That's a funny joke. I like that it keeps coming back to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> or there's a really funny joke. I don't know if you miss it, but the, when there's the, the restaurant in Little Wadia in New York. Oh, yeah. But they have the, the so good. they're like, close the store. And then they change it. And the one side of the side says, sorry, we are Aladdin. Uh-huh. And they turn over and it says the exact same thing. Yeah, or it says, come in, we're Aladdin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so he's a ruthless dictator. He wants nuclear weapons, but the UN is putting pressure on him. So he has to go to uh, the UN General Assembly in New York and give a speech or else they'll like authorize airstrikes again. Yeah. Which they probably should. But uh-huh. also... But that just goes to show the, the goddamn bureaucracy jungle we're in. <laughs> we can't even destroy a dictator like we, <laughs> like we used to. <laughs> uh, but, so that, but then also Ben Kingsley is in this movie and plays Sasha Baron Cohen's uncle uh-huh. who they mentioned that... Uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's father, like, even though uh, Ben Kingsley was the rightful heir, passes on to his seven-year-old son when he died. Um, and so then Sasha, uh, Ben Kingsley's leading a, uh, I guess not really a coup, he's leading more of a just, uh, he has an operation to get rid, kill Sasha Baron Cohen and have his an idiot duplicate in and then sign up, basically sign a new constitution that will end the dictatorship and give Ben Kingsley a bunch of money because he'll sell off all the oil. Yeah, state like a puppet democracy mm-hmm. uh, and that's where bobby lee comes in um and they do make a bp joke oh yeah <laughs> bp you will have the offshore drilling rights as yeah. long as you do not use a bp <laughs> drilling rate. um but um yeah so then we get into everything's going honky dory but then john, john c Riley makes a, a wonderfully small role yeah 
his, his name's Clayton or something. He's yeah, and he's like, hello, guard. just to let you know, I'm here to protect your lives, but also I hate Arabs. Yeah, and <laughs> he's, he says everyone that's not from the U.S. is technically an Arab, <laughs> which we only, we only say that because that's what he said in the movie. <laughs> yes, man, there's so many things that are going to be said that could be taken out of context yeah. on us. Please, it's all, blame Sasha, send your letters to Sasha. <laughs> These are not the opinions of feature flashback or either yeah, of the hosts. Yeah, legally distinct. Our lawyers told <laughs> us to say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so John C. Riley gets hired by Ben Kingsley to, to torture and kill him. Or he gets hired to kill him, but ben, John C. Riley says, I'll throw in the torture for free. Yeah. Um, but he escapes after his beard is shaved off, though. His, his famous beard. And so then he is left wandering the streets of New York, but meets Anna Faris, who I did not know was in this movie. And she plays like a super woke. She, yeah. she feels like what uh, the joke is of like SJW. Yeah, like, like granola liberal. Mm-hmm. Like lives in a co-op. I own a food collective that only employs political refugees. Yeah. <laughs> or she mentions like, oh yeah, I took a... Or like uh, Sasha Berkowitz says something bad. He's like, oh yeah, I know comedy. I took a feminist clown class in college. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, I'm stuck under the glass ceiling. Ooh. <laughs> Which like, it feels in some ways almost ahead of its time. Which is yeah. weird because I feel like um, some of the stuff is stuff that people still joke about now mm-hmm. with like political debates that are going on. Like where she's like, uh, we have a no gender, re- all or no gender restroom yeah. or something like that. And I was like, that's like a joke that or would no, still be... Or no, she makes a joke that they have a lesbian restroom. Yeah, I like that because it's like... Why, why would lesbians need their own <laughs> restroom? But, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff that it's like... Sometimes there's like some stuff that's like clever, but it's just like... Do we need to make these jokes? Like, what? I don't yeah, know. It's yeah, it's in that weird area of like trying to be transgressive. Yeah. Um, which kind of puts that a weird... It's this is an interesting one to look back on because comedy changes so much, especially uh-huh. when it's trying to be kind of politically relevant. It's kind of that's why Borat, I think, kind of a testament to how good Borat is because uh-huh. that one is such a good like encapsulation of the time. Mm-hmm. That's such a good encapsulation of like Bush era America. Yeah, like the scene at the at the rodeo when he says like that's it for our boys in Iraq. Made George W. Bush like. Like personally kill every man, woman, and child, <laughs> or drink the blood of every. Yeah, man. and they're all like, "Woo!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like that, and that was a good part in this too. There's a a moment where, um, he uh, let's see, what's the setup? It's it's towards the end when he's, um, oh yeah, he's like. He's like, dictatorships are amazing. He's like, if you were, if America was a dictatorship, it could do this and this and this. But he's all the things he's listing are things, are things that America yeah, like actually that, does. Like if you had a dictatorship, you could take all of the wealth and give it to just one percent of yeah. the country. He's like, you could have. Uh, uh, he's like, you could use the media to to scare people into voting for things that are that work against them. Yeah. And so it's like that was a good part that it's like I did. I did like that part because that felt very. Still, it felt still relevant and like mm-hmm. an actually interesting kind of point to make. Yeah, but then it comes right before uh, his like redemption, which is like, are we actually trying to have a sweet ending or not? I don't yeah. know. It was really weird. Um, but so it felt like something like that, and because the, the I think my favorite scene in the movie is so for most of it he finds one of his old scientists who works who he thought he had executed. Mm-hmm. 
uh, who he executed because he was building a nuclear bomb for him and he made it round instead of pointy. Yeah. Um, it was played by Jason Manzoukas. Yeah, uh, I really liked him. Podcast alum of uh, <laughs> How Did This Get Made. Yeah. Uh, which I... I always knew he was in this movie because he was on the, on the podcast. He like in some older episodes, he'd be like, Oh yeah. Watch the dictator. I didn't get, I'm still not cut out of it. Like the running, he had a running joke about like, Oh, still haven't been cut out of it. Yeah. But then, cause I knew there was the scene of like him getting taken to be executed. I did not, I did not realize what level that running joke was on how did this get made? Yeah. He's in so much of this. movie. Yeah. There's, you can't cut him out. He's like his sidekick. Yeah. He's like third lead in the movie. Yeah. Um, I really like, I mean, I always liked Jason Mantzoukas, but mm-hmm. I thought he was a good part of this movie. I also thought, like, it, part of it was interesting because I was like, Sasha Baron Cohen is Jewish. Yes. Um, and so that he gets the pass of a lot of Jewish jokes that he puts in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, then Ben Kingsley, I believe, is a white Englishman. Is he? What? Ben Kingsley's so ethnically ambiguous. Yeah, because he played Gandhi. He and... played Gandhi, and then a year before this, he was also the villain in Prince of Persia. Yeah, and then, like, he plays the Mandarin, who's, like, I guess supposed to be, maybe... He's... I don't know. He's Canonically, he's supposed to be white. Yeah. Um... And that, he's supposed to be Middle Eastern? Or yeah. at least his face is supposed to be, like... Yeah, so it's very strange. And then Jason Manzoukas is Greek. <laughs> he's playing and he's playing uh, North African. Yeah, and so I, and then they also have I always forget her name, but she's from she's an SNL alum at the end playing like a newscatcher, and I think she's Indian. So it's like they're just like, <laughs> oh my god, they're just whatever, whatever is okay. And yeah. then Fred Armisen is playing Wadian at one point. <laughs> he is, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like one of those things where I was like, are any of you supposed to be playing North African? <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe it's different because it's comedy and not like yeah. a drama, but yeah, it is. I don't know. But I feel like that works better in a Borat style movie where yeah. it is more of like you know wearing disguises, like him, yeah. real people reacting to him. Like a scene that I thought would have been like hysterical if it was that kind of format uh, was the helicopter scene. Yeah, him and Jason Manzoukas are going on and they're talking in in their language. And they're saying stuff about like, oh, I'd love to see the the fireworks by the Statue of Liberty, but all the the people these this old white couple in the helicopter here is just like Statue of Liberty, boom boom. Yeah, and they uh, at one point he's talking about his new car, and he goes, I have a Porsche, and that's all in Wadian, and then he goes, nine eleven two thousand twelve, and they go, ooh, <laughs> um, but. And then he pulls out, he's like, oh, I have this vest for my back. And he pulls out, it looks like a suicide vest. Yeah. Like, that feels like that feels like something out of, like, Jackass, or that would be, like, a Borat movie. Yeah, for sure. I did like that scene, but that felt, that's that weird middle ground of this movie that feels like it should have been. Yeah. Because like, imagine real people reacting to someone saying they're a dictator or something. Yeah. And there's, like, there's some stuff, too, that feels improvised like that. Like, yeah. I mean, I think some of what, because even in, there's, like, the yeah. blooper reel at the end where he, mm-hmm. he does, like, five different takes of the same yeah, thing, uh, five different jokes. Um, but there's stuff, especially between Manzoukas and Sasha Baron Cohen, that seems like they just were oh, riffing. Yeah. Like, um, the whole thing where he's in the America suit, which mm-hmm. also feels very Borat. Yeah. Um, he's, in a, in a, he's wearing a tracksuit that's the American flag. And uh, is saying, like, he's going to, you know, be just an American guy. Or one more, he's saying he's going to be a Chinese guy. Yeah. And Nadal, Jason Manzoukas, is trying to explain why he can't go undercover as a Chinese guy. Um, 
and so they're just back and forth seems very like improvised which also you know is very off the cuff Borat um, there were some moments that felt like they were real like that, like, yeah. like when he's just wandering around the streets of New York, but there's not really jokes there. He's just like, he it's kind of there, mentions yeah. to people, he kind of says, like, he says to a cop, like, can I hire you for an assassination, but you mm. don't get the cop's reaction or anything. Yeah, what's that? Because, yeah, it's just this weird, weird place that the movie's in. Um, yeah. I don't know. It is interesting to also think about this because it feels like, I mean, Borat's kind of made a resurgence now since the second one came out, especially. Uh-huh. Um, but I'd be the like, first to say my wife. My wife. Oh, uh, <laughs> I cannot hear my wife now without doing that. And I remember when the second movie came out, they're like, "Oh no, another generation of men that I'll just say my wife." <laughs> but I feel like at this time, because this is like five years after Borat comes out, that was like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and so I think people were getting a little sick of Sasha Baron Cohen's stick. He had Bruno come out three years after. Do you know Bruno? Yeah, I've never seen it, but I know Bruno. Yeah, which is the same format as Borat, and I don't think that connected a lot. This was kind of an attempt to make it into more of a narrative, but I don't. I think it is still stuck in that point. I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen really since hasn't really found his group i remember he did that movie with mark strong yeah rimsby or something Uh for that bombed horribly yeah that looked really bad that Um, was his mordecai yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i'm glad he's kind of rebounded since with like borat too and he had that show this is america that i heard was good oh i forgot about that he also did a like a serious show where he was a spy oh yeah like (laughs) i think it might have been a british show where he plays a spy uh, maybe on Netflix, and uh, and he was actually it was like just full drama, and he also oh, did wow. like his own fight scenes and stuff. But yeah, and it, so this is kind of at a weird point in time because it's kind of at a point that Sasha Baron Cohen is kind of I don't know he's kind of becoming not as beloved, not as like a an icon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also at a weird point because yeah, this is a, this is the Obama era, so a lot of the kind of critiques like. They feel more like Bush era yeah. type stuff. So it feels like kind of out of time, but I guess some of it is supposed to be timeless, I guess. Yeah, well, like we said, some of it still is mm-hmm. hits close to home. I don't know. I was just thinking, like, would this have connected a lot more if this was, like, at a point early on of Bush's administration? Or if it came later and it was, Maybe. could do Trump jokes. Well, that's well, because that's basically, it is funny to think about now because Borat 1 came out, you know, during the Bush era, and Borat 2 came out in the Trump era. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, But, yeah, it's just, a, <laughs> it's just a, a strange year. And I don't, like, I don't partic- I don't dislike Sasha Baron Cohen. I just think, like, um, a little too edgy at times. Yeah, it feels like it's trying to be edgy. Yeah, and I think part of that is him, and part of that's just 2012. Like, it's just the time he lived in. Oh, did you like the joke at the beginning of Megan Fox showing up? Where he, he has sex with Megan Fox. Yeah. That's the joke. <laughs> I was surprised that it was really her at first. I, I was like, oh, wow. Um, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, I do. I did feel like the movie called you out at one point, though. Yes, I, I, I wrote do, it down. <laughs> with the Crocs scene. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really funny. Y'all can't see it, but uh, my man be wearing Crocs yeah. all the time. Now we're, we're, since we're in my room, I'm just wearing socks, but I normally am wearing Crocs during our recordings. 
and uh, and I I laughed out loud when he says, uh, uh, "Crocs are the symbol of a man who has given up on life." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Jacob would just sit there wearing Crocs and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I did like so when he starts working at on a Ferris's like progressive food co-op. Uh huh. Um. There was I did think it was funny when he starts kind of running. Yeah, he like starts that. running the co-op like a dictatorship. Uh huh. I thought that was a good bit of just like I guess that is kind of funny of like how businesses are run, um, because it's like no, we got to be very authoritative. Like if you steal money, you know, like because there's one guy who keeps like slipping money from the cash register and so uh-huh. takes him and like tortures him in the back. Yeah, with um, that old uh, Romanian man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like it's just like gets everything ship shape he starts like torturing people i like it uh he puts a giant painted mural of um, yeah of Anna Ferris done in the same fashion that his murals are done um yeah that was another weird moment because i like the joke but it's like is this being painted as a good thing mm-hmm. like that was weird um because it's like a satisfying montage of like okay we're getting the crew together but then like it's like he's still doing bad stuff. Like yeah. he at one point a cameo by Gary Shandling. Oh yeah, I, I was like, that's such a weird cameo with no, not even a, a word of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, because the whole reason he's working for her is because she has, she has, she's gonna be serving food at the event that the uh, that the imposter is gonna be at, so he'll be yeah. able to break in. But then there's a whole thing with then another company gets like the the contract to cater it, and so then I guess Gary Shandling's in charge of that. And he kidnaps he kidnaps his family and yeah. he signs over the documents. And then as soon as he does, they look through the window and he opens a van and let his wife yeah. and kids out. Um, which I just saw a clip of on Twitter of Gary Shandling talking to Ricky Gervais, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Gary Shandling. Like clowning on him for doing like uh, um, edgy like just uh, shock humor. Yeah. But then this is he's in this movie. But I could see him just being friends with Sasha Baron Yeah, friends with all these people. Yeah. The wrench in the works is that he's falling for her, uh, for Anna Ferris while he's meant to be just using her as a means to an end. So of course we have our whole, oh, when is the truth gonna come out? Scene. Uh, he's just kind of it, it just kind of reveals it. It's like, oh, he has to. That's what happens in a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's because he's like, I have to. Be, he wants to be honest with her. But that's also that's a really weird moment because she they're about to like have sex, and she says to him, "Uh, can I like I I want?" She's like, I, "Can I tell you something?" And he's like, "Of course." And it seems like there's gonna be some kind of reveal, and then she just says, "I want to be with you." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I guess as, a, as opposed to I want to hit it and quit it, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. But also it's funny. There's another good running joke. This is unrelated. It's just because she says, I want to be with you, Allison Burgers. Oh, yeah. Is, his running joke of whenever people ask him his name, he just says whatever name on the sign. Yeah. So he sees, I think he sees a sign that says Alice. Or no, he's going to say, he's going to say Aladdin when she asks him his name. So he goes, Allah. And then he goes, son. And she goes, Allison? And he's like, yes. And then she goes, what's your last name? And he looks at a sign that says, like, Hashem's Burgers. And so you think he's going to say Hashem. And then he goes, Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is, I, that's pretty good. 
and then, and it then gets... so what's your name max um occupancy 100 people yeah and that's like, it gets progressively weirder one of my favorites is when you hear someone on the news say uh it was like there was a what is it's it? after the the helicopter incident yeah and it's like uh, oh that's what it is it's like and they they apprehended a man named Emer Jinsi Exit. <laughs> so that running joke as like sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Like the scene with Fred Armisen questioning him huh? repeatedly. That one felt like like they did that like six times. Yeah. It felt very slow. But then when you get like just kind of throwaway ones uh-huh. like that, that worked well. The Fred Armisen one started to work for me more because uh um they did it so many times that it like was funny and then it wasn't funny and then it was funny again just, <laughs> just how ridiculous it got like when he says maximum occupancy 120 persons <laughs> and fred armerson goes there's a number in your name <laughs> um i also really like that part that so he he's in a restaurant called death to aladdin <laughs> and just a little idea yeah and everyone's starting to recognize him as the person who sent them uh who exiled them when he thought he was executing them and so they're all looking at him like, why don't we know you? And uh, he's re- he's realizing he's in hot water. And uh, and then Nadal, Jason Manzukas comes in and saves him and goes, oh, it's my cousin. When they're all about to, like, cut his head off. Um, Which, do they say why Jason Manzukas like, wants to help him? Not at that, first. I was that a little confused yeah, That doesn't really on, make sense. Because Jason Manzukas is also, like, sad at the end when he decides to, like, when he declares that there's going to be... Like, no more dictatorship? Like, I don't know what Jason Manzukas yeah. wanted yeah. out of that. It's weird because he saves him, and you think he has some reason to. And then he goes, Aladdin goes, okay, great. Now you can help put me back in power. And he's like, why would I do that? I escaped. I have a great life here. And then he says... Because um, right, he's working at an Apple store. <laughs> yeah, and then it, he comes out and says, if I help you make me the nuclear... Uh, chief nuclear scientist again so it's like he legitimately wants to make he wants missiles to make nuclear missiles <laughs> yeah uh so then that's like he becomes the one who gets sad when mm-hmm. aladdin starts to become a better person because he wants to be in the dictatorship yeah. uh but he wants to be this high up scientist but i really like that moment where i just think it's so funny when um they're making the deal and um and um they're like haggling over what the deal is going to be of like he's like okay well if i help you you have to make me the nuclear scientist and he's like okay and then he says like but you have to make the missile pointy instead of round and then to win him over uh nadal starts standing up and he's like wait a minute i think you're and then he's like shut up shut up shut up (laughs) like just the fact that he's like gonna reveal him right then and there is so funny to me um it's like i will die on this hill the missile will be round yeah he might have been the highlight of the film for me. Old, he, old it Manzuki. was for me. Did, did you ever see Dirty Grandpa? The one no. with Zac Efron and Robert De Niro? <laughs> In which Robert De Niro is the Dirty Grandpa? Yeah. For some but, reason, I was thinking of Bad Santa. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a good movie. Dirty Grandpa is not a good movie. But Jason Manzukas is in it. And I remember seeing it before I... I think I was listening to How Did This Get Made? But I didn't... Because it's a podcast, I didn't put the, the dots oh, yeah. together. And he's hilarious in that movie. He's like a drug dealer. I think his his running joke is that he like owns every business that they go to. <laughs> um, uh, so I remember him being in that and being the highlight. So Jason yeah. Mizuka seems to be in everything. He's so good. Oh, and he's in John. I forgot he's in John Wick. Oh he's yeah, in John, he's in John Wick three. Yeah, for like a second. 
Um, also, yeah, he saves John Wick at the end of three. Yeah, both of our movies today had um, uh, Parks and Rec alums in them because Jason Manzukas plays Dennis Feinstein. Battleship. Ha- Battleship had on the TV for a moment. Purred oh, Purred Happily. Happily. I didn't yeah. notice that. That's so funny. There was, well, since we're talking about how did this get made, great podcast. We'd uh-huh. love to be on. Yeah. Please. We know you're listening. Please. Uh, but um, I do remember because when they have Ad- the running deal of having Adam Scott on mm-hmm. the Fast and Furious episodes, and yeah. they talked, the first one they did where they talked about Fast Five, they say, like, oh yeah, the first seconds of this movie, Purred Happily shows up. <laughs> And he always plays a news anchor. I know it's so funny. It's He's so, so good. <laughs> you you find your type. Yeah. He oh. uh, found his niche and stuck with it. Oh, and that <laughs> we gotta talk about the masturbation scene. That that's a pretty good scene. I, like, I don't know. That would have felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely weird. Reasons. Uh, but I the like intercutting with like thoughts <laughs> of nature. I thought it was really funny. And, like people dunking in basketball. Yeah. So the setup is that like. It's before Otta Ferris is like into him, so she, so he's like, ah, thank you for helping me with this. Here's your reward, and is like saying like, oh, you can suck my dick. Yeah, if you for that. But then she's like, no, you need to learn to like touch. You need to pleasure yourself. Yeah, she's like, because a yeah. lot of times she like treats him like doesn't understand yeah. like Cause the like, West or she something. She thinks that he's a like a political uh, political fugitive yeah. or something. Like, oh, he's like a kooky foreigner. Like, oh, he's like a refugee. Yeah, yeah. He, just he just doesn't get it. He's invisible. Uh-huh. Uh, but so she tells him how to how to masturbate, and then we see him start, and <laughs> it's start, and we see like like superimposed like an image of someone dunking. Yeah, like dolphins jumping out of the yeah. water. And <laughs> my favorite one, you see the scene from as we alluded to, you see the scene from Forrest Gump of Forrest, uh, the braces coming off his legs and start running. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, and then there's another scene in that store with Catherine Hahn. Oh, yeah. When she starts giving birth in that scene. Uh-huh. And uh, that one did feel like shock value. But I yeah. don't know. It kind of worked for me. No, me too. That was one where I felt like it was so crazy. Mm-hmm. And, that, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't racial or like super edgy. I mean, it was, it was edgy because it yeah. basically the scene for those who haven't been lucky enough to watch uh uh which by the way this is on amazon prime for included with prime and then battleship is on netflix but your last day to watch is may 31st i know i know why do we keep this and the lucky one we keep watching movies on netflix like right before they disappear yeah lucky for us i don't want to rent any of these pieces (laughs) of shit (laughs) Uh, but um um basically he's um, he says he, this is a pretty good joke. He says that he was what Dia's chief surgeon for 22 years. And we obviously know that he gave himself that title and yeah. he's not qualified at all, but she's like, this woman needs you, Allison burgers. And so he's like, help trying to help this woman give birth. And there's like a, there's like a womb cam. Oh my can, God. You can, <laughs> he's, because he's like trying to, cause Jason Manzoukas then calls him. And so he's trying to take the call while, while helping give birth. Uh-huh. And so, but so then he has it in his hand and then he actually leaves the cell phone inside yeah. her and now i'm no scientist but the- <laughs> well, then you get the angle from pov inside vagina yeah inside vagina and you see i again 
My mother may be listening, but I've seen my fair share of pussy. <laughs> but I don't. It's just like that baby like pops open like a slide like the, a sliding door in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 it pops open and you see Sasha Bingo trying to talk to on the phone. Yeah. And then in there, but so that's a funny visual. It reminded me of. Did you did you ever see the, the Tom Holland vehicle Cherry? No. It's a weird, weird fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. I saw The Devil all the time. I saw that one too. That, that, that was pretty okay. good, actually. That was okay. But the cherry is the one, uh, that's the one that the Russo brothers did for Apple. Oh, yeah. And Tom Holland's like a, a veteran. And then he becomes like a bank robber. Yeah, he joins the military, becomes a bank robber. It's, it's not very good. But there's a scene where he talks into a vagina. Well, there's a scene. It's oh god. The only thing I knew about the movie going in was someone had mentioned that there's a there's a montage like when he joins the army. It's it's basically just like how ridiculous the army is. Huh. And there's a, a part where he has to get like his anal like they have to check like his anus. And there's a POV inside Tom Holland's anus <laughs> of the doctor <laughs> with the with a flashlight. <laughs> All right. That's what reminded me of that. <laughs> That's so strange. They're like, hey, you know that guy we had playing Spider-Man? Yeah. I think he's ready for the big leagues. I think we're ready to see what the, <laughs> see from his anus. He's ready for butt cam. Yeah. Uh, and I just love imagining whatever like prop person had designed Catherine Hans sliding yeah. door coochie. <laughs> and I, also, I should say that my mom is an OBGYN. Oh, so, she is? Yeah, so I've grown up hearing about all this, <laughs> the science of birth, and uh, and I, so I was watching the scene, and I was like, this is, I mean, I think anyone watching this knows that this is not how it actually yeah, goes. Yeah, that, that's the joke of it, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. scene does work. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. That's just because I'm saying there's like a, you know, from from the inside view, it's like a, like a foot and a half deep, I know. and like, and you know seven inches wide <laughs> yeah there's so much space and there's so much real estate yeah because um they uh anna ferris and and sasha barracone end up holding hands in there inside and uh waffling their fingers and then uh, making out or, uh, i don't know if they kiss right there i think they're about to maybe um but yeah it's it's so ridiculous that it's funny there was a name i saw in the credits that i thought looked familiar and I needed your opinion on it. I could look it up, but I was like, I'm going to just ask on, on the air. <laughs> okay. Um, it said written by Alec Berg. Isn't he the Barry yeah. guy? Yeah, he, him and Bill Hader did Barry. Yeah, yeah they I was that. like, this feels very different than Barry. <laughs> I know, I'm glad. I'm glad he's got a different direction. Yeah. It is funny, though, because like, there there's a lot of writers on Borat for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. Um, one of them was, <laughs> was Todd Phillips. Oh, yeah? I don't know if he wrote it. I think he wrote it. He may have been a producer. Yeah. And it's like it's a weird kind of crew that has worked with like Baron Cohen. Yeah, and then they go on to make like prestige stuff. Yeah. Um I also liked one last thing. I liked that a lot of the um actually two last things, two little jokes I liked, running jokes. I liked that a lot of the music was in Wadian oh, yeah. or Arabic. I don't know what language it is. Um but uh it, I thought that was just a nice touch. It's like a lot of the music in uh, Jojo Rabbit being in German. Yeah um but um and then another running joke i like <laughs> that they don't ever address i just think it's funny is whenever aladdin and ben kingsley enter a room together they're holding hands <laughs> like ben kingsley's like leading him like he's like a little I boy didn't, i didn't notice that 
funny. I think it's funny. It's like he's like a toddler. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much all I had to say about Sasha Baron Cohen's The Dictator. Yeah, a weird movie. Very strange. Yeah, I, I, I'm having, I'm having trouble like decide like what exactly like what I would give it. Like I think between like five and a six out of ten. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know because there, there are funny moments in the movie, but there are parts that just kind of made me just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But not even in like a like oh this is saying things I don't agree with. It's more just like the jokes landing. It felt like just trying. There were points where it's just trying to be edgy for edgy. Yeah, things. I agree. Like, cause I think Borat get does. I think Borat is near a near perfect film. I'll say. <laughs> um, just because it encapsulates that time so much. Yeah, I think there's like because a lot of the humor out of that of like uh, he's doing all these things and so you're getting the reactions of normal people. Yeah. So I feel like, or go ahead. No, you go. I was just gonna say I think Borat makes it you. It's easier to understand because you're like, oh, Borat is an insane cartoon character. Yeah. Like, this is you're it, not trying to like. I guess there's some parts in Borat where you're try where you're supposed to sympathize with him, like when uh-huh. his like partner leaves him. Yeah. Um, but in this, it feels like it's like, oh, our hero, this yeah. horrible person. It's more of like a movie where it's like. Yeah. You're the supposed narrative. to be following his journey, and yeah. like supposed to care about his weird. love story. Yeah. Whereas I feel like they did this better in Borat Two, where like mm-hmm. his relationship with his daughter is legitimately sweet at the end, even though it's yeah. been like deranged the whole time. Yeah. Um. He's doing like a cattle pen. Yeah. Uh, or the whole scene with the like uh, uh, the doctor, where oh, yeah. they imply that uh uh he got his daughter his own daughter pregnant uh-huh. and it's like some southern doctor is like hey, it's not my business and it's like <laughs> what <laughs> but that again goes back to like it's so crazy and it's like mm. real yeah um and then like they just do the little story stuff on top i don't know it's hard being yeah, such a baron cohen is hard yeah it's <laughs> he's he's a hard guy to like to peg down because yeah. it's like I don't I don't want to be the guy of like oh you did Borat that's what that's the only thing you're gonna do the rescue career it's the only thing yeah. you can do because I feel like his comedy can work he's great in like side parts like he's great in Talladega Nights uh-huh. but so this one but this one feels like I should have committed either way yeah he also was in um, Sweeney Todd was he in Sweeney Todd I know he was in Les Mis yeah he's in Sweeney Todd he's the Boucheva Le Fils <laughs> Uh, I did, you know, I mean, you know, it's a bad movie that I did like Sasha Baron Cohen in. Uh, I liked him in Alice Through the Looking Glass. I've uh, never seen it, but it doesn't, doesn't he have like a funny hat? <laughs> yeah, he has a funny hat. He plays the like the manifestation of time. Right. Yeah. And so he's just like one big clock. Uh huh. Um. So, but he he does good in that. He's all right. <laughs> he is all right. I feel like you know who what I would like to see Sasha Baron Cohen in. I like to see him in like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, that'd be great. I actually was, for some reason, I was just thinking he was a voice in Fantastic Mr. Fox, but he's not. Uh, I know Adrian, well, I feel like he looks similar to Adrian Brody, or there's uh-huh. a similar, like, body type to him. Yeah. That I know Wes Anderson works with him a lot. So. Yeah. Tall, Get them together. They can, they can play brothers. Tall, lanky guys with dark hair. Uh-huh. Um, For some reason, I was thinking of the rat from Fantastic Mr. Fox, but that's Willem Dafoe. That's Willem Dafoe, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's a, it's a, this, this week, I think both movies were... Uh, yeah. like two and a half stars for me out of five. Yeah, 
Yeah, not a good weekend. Not yeah. a very good weekend. Go see the Avengers again. Yeah, go see Avengers <laughs> for the third time. Um, which is probably what I did during this. Yeah. Well, final thoughts, Jacob. How did this... Well, how, how is this aged, honestly? Honestly, I don't think it's aged super gracefully. I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. these jokes are probably things that, like... Like, it feels like a perfect movie for when I was 12. Yeah. Uh, The more... Not something I would watch, but, like... Some of some of the kids in my class would definitely like yeah. sneak into this and be like, "Oh, the dictator's so this funny. funniest movie I've ever seen." Yeah, and so it feels like that kind of movie, like middle school boy humor. Yeah. But um, it's rated R. So yeah, that uh, but that's how it goes, you know. Middle school boys are some of the most are some of the most savage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like eat their eat their live young kind of like creatures. <laughs> school did you go <laughs> uh, they're like the troglodytes from bone tomahawk <laughs> but uh, uh anyway but <laughs> but um like so i don't think it's aged super super well i think some of the more like ridiculous stuff is still funny but i will say even from the first time i watched this i feel like i like it less yeah uh so i don't I, it's like it's just a fine comedy i would say it's you know there's a reason people don't really t- talk about it when yeah. they talk about great comedies but uh, people do talk about borat well exactly. i guess you know it did have a sequel that, yeah you know, but but even know, before that i feel like it was much more of a a thing um but yeah but that's not to say anything about sasha Brancon. i think he's a very funny guy i think he's like you said great in in, in uh, side character roles but i feel like i mean he kind of did that in this i guess but he really could have like a a Bernie, you know, where he plays like a serious uh, <laughs> role, like the movie Bernie. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, that's that's still pretty comedic. True, but I feel like there you could you could take someone who does really goofy shit, really goofy stuff, put it in a movie where he can really yeah do that more. Like the comedy is a little more refined. Yeah, it's more character. A thinking man's comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Go watch Bernie. That's a great movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in forever. Ah, oh, so good. Um. um but uh, but yeah, that's what I I think of this. What yeah. about you? I'd say in terms of my expectations, they came in about where I expected. There were a lot more jokes I laughed at, uh, than I thought I would. Um. But yeah, I think the overall, like the story is just kind of whatever. A lot there are a lot of jokes that fall flat. There's a lot that feels like it's trying to be edgy, so it doesn't really come across well. And I think yeah, some of the humor does just feel like that that edgelord stuff i feel like it was still like people felt the same like in 2012 of like it's not just like oh back then people just loved edgy stuff this movie didn't like it didn't do great it did like did not get a very good critic reception it felt very like oh he's just trying to be edgy you know he was trying to milk milk uh, a soldier milk (laughs) milk a woman um so yeah i think I'm fine. I'm. I'll be super fine if I never watch this movie again. Same, yeah. But overall, whatever. I got a good Jason Manzukis performance out of it. Yeah, that's he's the best part. I mean, like other there's other people who, like Ben Kingsley's like a good straight man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's no one is doing like a bad job. It's just not a super well written movie. Yeah, it's it's not as it's not as funny as it should. Yeah, be. it's not firing on all cylinders. My uh, roommate might listen to this and have me 
have my guts for garters because he loved this movie. <laughs> he, I think he gave it four out of five stars. Oh my god. Yeah. But he, what does he know? He likes Simon Birch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun Google trip for y'all. The weird, <laughs> disturbing movie. <laughs> all right, so is that... That's all. That's all we have for this week. Yeah. What are we going to next week? Next week. Got. Got a movie. <laughs> oh no. We well uh, okay. Next week is Men in Black Three. Okay, I've never seen it. You never seen it? Have you seen the first two? I've seen the first. I know the first one pretty well, and then I've seen the second one like once. Yeah, Men in Black Three. I I have the I own it on DVD. Nice. Um. Uh, a great pitbull song in it. <laughs> um, and then we did talk about this. There is a movie in limited release. We are gonna do. It is the first, the debut weekend of Moonrise Kingdom. Woo! We were just talking about Wes Anderson. Yay! I am very excited to rewatch. I love Moonrise Kingdom. I don't think I have my copy here, but we'll find it somewhere. You can borrow mine. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, I have a poster right here. Oh yeah, I have that same one. It's so good. <laughs> Shout out, uh, forget the artist's name. I mean, yeah, I... Ted Danson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always think it looks like. Ted Danson. <laughs> I think it's like Tim something. Yeah, something. Um, but yeah, so tune in next episode for Men in Black 3 and Moonrise Kingdom. What a double feature. Once again, we're saving the, the Earth from aliens. Once again. And also, uh, Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love doing that joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Jacob, where can the good people find you? Uh, if you want more of my uh, hot takes, <laughs> just uh, steaming, ooh, <laughs> you know me, I'm a, a contrarian. <laughs> I cause problems. I'm the, I'm the Joe Rogan of, of, uh, <laughs> of uh, film podcast. Yeah, film, film sphere. Uh, that was a joke. <laughs> but um, you can find me at Jacob Sanger on Twitter, S-A-E-N-G-E-R, and at Commander in Beef on Instagram with underscores in between the words. And I am also at Jacob Sanger on Letterboxd. I'm up to 750 movies rated. <laughs> oh, you don't want to make a game out of it. I know. Uh, Collins, I'm trying to, I want to break a thousand. I know I've watched a thousand movies. Yeah, you, you're, you're a new person. You're new to Letterboxd. Yeah. Simply. You got it like two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on that shit for like five years. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, see, but you can find me on Letterboxd at CJS Films. And you can find me on Twitter at Spalton. Yeah, at C Spalton. Glad you know it. Um and then yeah, be sure to share, rate, review, yes. subscribe, follow, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at uh feature flashback. And oh yeah, special thanks to Shelton Stroll for for our lovely theme music. And uh, and yeah, we like um, we have a pretty consistent like listener base, and it's I, I think it's gotten a little bit bigger. So like yeah, if you guys want someone's out there, if yeah, if y'all listening, we really appreciate it. And tell your friends like it's cool that people actually some people are actually listening. To this. I know, I know. I keep I keep looking at the numbers; they're going up. Yeah. And we we have our first international listener. We do. We according to us, ninety nine percent of our viewer base, uh, according to our statistics, is from the U S. But we have one percent from Australia. Yeah. So if if that's you, if you're still listening, I don't know, give us a DM. Yeah, I will say, hey, good night. <laughs>
lets you and me smash a tinny, mate. Take you, have a little whirl like you and the dummy after. <laughs> well, now they definitely aren't going to listen. <laughs> Dingo ate my baby. <laughs> I was like, me and Jacob did meet in college in a in a class our first semester oh, yeah. that was uh australian cinema yeah movie, movies from down under that was that was the name there yeah that's why i have true history of the kelly gang on blu-ray hey you gotta know and, about nick kelly <laughs> and sweet country starring <laughs> sam neil who oh, yeah. really is actually yeah, so a little, little place in my heart for the for the land down under yeah for, for this one person <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead go ahead and waltz matilda for us but, but, <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for listening especially you out there any of you out there down under yeah see you next time yeah